1: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined by Chris Watson and delighted to welcome back from his international break Mr. Steve Nicholson. How Steve? I'm good,
2: yeah. It was a, a longer international break than I thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, rather, a rather splendid uh, uh, day at Chatsworth on Saturday for the wedding of my daughter. So, uh, but I'll still manage to, uh, thanks to Sky moving the game, which I usually <laughs> criticise. Uh, uh, but thankfully this time to move the game to Sunday, and I was able to just about get back in time from uh, from Chatsworth to uh, to see the game.
1: I was going to say the, uh, the the main positive from the day, you know, bar the result, was the fact that Steve Nicholson didn't miss a Derby County match.
2: Yeah, it looked uh, it looked dodgy for a while. <laughs> uh, so my kind of uh, ever-present run since 2001 uh, is maintained Excellent. for the time being.
0: And it was the fir- and it was the first time Steve has ever been pleased about Sky moving a game. Yeah, a derby I, I, absolutely, I say. I
2: usually fuming about things well like they, that.
0: Well, That lasted about thirty seconds until, until he found out that they'd moved the Fulham away game to five thirty <laughs> on a Saturday. I mean,
2: if we want to rant, I mean, <laughs> five thirty on a Saturday night in West London at Craven Cottage, which is a beautiful ground, by the way. Yeah, come on.
1: Welcome back, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. Anyway, so there's there's really only sort of one place to start and finish today. Uh, the the big game yesterday, Derby County to Nottingham Forest, nil. Um, just looking aside from who they were playing uh, and, and the performance, etc. First and foremost, it was good for Derby County to get three points on the board.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most important thing. You know, I've I've kind of read a lot since and listened to fans since and. You know, there've been some complaining about the quality of Derby's performance and the fact that, you know, Forrest had more of the ball and Forrest arguably played the better football on the day. But football's about effective football, not necessarily better football. And it's what you do with the football and it's what you do in both areas. And in both areas or just outside the area in Vidra's case, Derby scored twice and they didn't concede a goal. So two nil. i take that every time over performance.
0: Yeah. I think it was a really important result, result being the the, the key word. because um, they people said that you're talking about un, you know, without a win in five games in all competitions, um, but another way of looking at that was they'd drawn their previous three. So potentially six without a win suddenly becomes four unbeaten mm-hmm. and um it looks a lot rosier and and after the game guy out said he could you know, you could make a case that those three draws could have could have all ended in wins, and I know it's all sort of ifs, buts, and maybes. But the fact is, they're now unbeaten in they're, mm-hmm. un, they're unbeaten in
2: four. It's it's strange because you you know you can twist stats any way you want, can't you? And we often do, <laughs> uh, as, as managers have often told me in the past. <laughs> uh, but as Chris says, you know they're now unbeaten in four. They've actually only lost one of the last six league games. Mm. You know, so that that paints a totally different picture. And, and we keep talking about this game in hand and. Of course, it means nothing if you don't win it. But in a strange way, Derby and Gary Rowett mentioned this after the game, and I asked them about this after the game. They've been playing catch up. They've al- they always feel since they had the Ipswich game postponed because they yeah. had to play the League Cup, they've always felt like they're playing catch up, and that adds pressure. Yeah. That adds because it always feels like you've got to win the next game, else you fall behind. So that catch up does add pressure, and and it will continue to add pressure until they can. I play that other game, but again, he keeps pointing out: should they win that game in hand? You know, I think there are points outside the playoff yeah, yeah. positions as it stands. So, yes, that's you know, you, you can work them in different ways.
1: Mm. I mean, Gary Out would have wanted his side to to come out of the blocks quickly, and um, we spoke to our colleagues at the Nottingham Post who who said, you know, Nottingham Forest do concede early. I think they conceded after two minutes against Sheffield United in their last game. Uh, but I don't think anybody would have expected just 24 seconds on the clock when Matteo Vidra strikes from the edge of the area.
2: I think at that time, we're usually still checking through the teams, aren't <laughs> we? Well, you, you'd so, I, only just made it to the I best box. I'd only just made it to the best <laughs> box, yeah. I mean, I, I mean it's, it's a dream start, mm-hmm. isn't it? As dream starts go, I think uh, very well taken goals. Good strike, by the way, You know, uh, from, from that distance. That early in the game as well. It's easy to snatch at those, at those opportunities and, and not... Uh, make the right connection with the ball, uh, but he did. I said this in my video after the game, it was a shocking goal to concede. I mean, mm. you can't, uh, in that, well in any game, but certainly in that type of game, you cannot concede a goal like that. Uh, why Why the defenders stepped off rather than stepped towards an engaged Vidra at that moment, uh, I really don't know, only they will know Uh but as I said in the video afterwards, who, who cares? Really?
0: I mean, that was my first thought was they've got to close him down. But on the flip side, as Steve said, it was a lovely finish and, and actually good awareness to let the the pass from Jay Ledley sort of run across him, create a, a bit of space for himself, and he still he still had plenty to do, and it was a it was a lovely hit, um, and uh, that, that's his sixth goal of the season and his ninth in eight games against mm. Forest, so he certainly likes. Playing against them,
1: mm. I mean, just you sort of saying he still had a lot to do. We can criticise the the defending, sort of all we like, but it, it, it was a very good finish, and it was it wasn't an easy one, you
2: know. No, no, as I say, in matches there are moments. I mean, it's usually early on, and then later on when the pressure's on, you can, I say you can snatch at those moments because you're not quite at the pace of things and all that. So actually, to make that connection as he did, uh, the, as Chris says, the awareness first of all to, to let the ball run across his body. And then make the right connection, and uh, yeah, fantastic start.
1: Mm. And Vigil was one of two players restored to the starting eleven uh, by Gary Rowett. Uh, David Nugent, the other. Um, of course, he got the, the goal in the second half, so that certainly paid off from uh, from Rowett.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's all about team selection. I mean, you know, our friend Rammer, Craig Ramage, one, you know, would have gone with Winall up front. I would have gone with Martin with Vidra off him, because I've just felt, after what we saw in the second half at Cardiff, and, and watching Chris uh, do well uh, for Scotland in the international, but I just felt it was maybe time to give him uh, an opportunity. Uh, uh, Gary Out went with Nugent and, uh, and Vidra, which actually makes perfect sense, you know, because we've seen the, the link up between them, we know the mobility they have compared uh, with uh, Chris Martin. Uh, we also know that when we were at the City
0: ground, weren't we, in March in Gary Wright's first game, and Nugent and Vidra, particularly second half, played very well. And together. I don't know if that came into his thinking at all. He might have been thinking about the 5-0 against Hull, where they linked up very well, but he also might have been thinking of that game against Forest, when obviously they both got on the score sheet. And as he said afterwards, just looking at the bare stats, they're the two... Biggest goal threat, certainly at Pride Park this season. Yeah, well, if I, I, I was kind of looking at the stats and and is that a bit of
2: prep that I can. It is a bit of prep, that. yes, uh, a bit of scroll, <laughs> not prep. Uh, he actually, uh, Gary Out has been in charge for twenty league games now, and Nugent uh, and Vidra between them have scored fifteen goals in those twenty league games. So you can see what he was getting at, as I say. bit unlucky on Chris Martin. He's having a tough time at the moment. He must be deeply frustrated because he he did well at Cardiff. Mm -hmm. As as you know, Johnny, you were at the game down Mm -hmm. there in South Wales and he changed the game actually for Derby and actually Derby could have won. What would have been interesting, of course, had Derby nicked that game 1-0, which they should have done at Cardiff, Mm -hmm. would would Martin have started against Forest? But then I suppose it
1: would have been... Nugent, who got that goal. If um, maybe you're talking it could, about yeah, cats, yeah, it could well, be, so yeah. So it's it's it's
2: yeah. it, it is a strange one. It just shows the kind of uh, dilemma um, managers face, you know. And it's easy for us to pick the team afterwards uh, when we know the result, and but they have
0: to pick the team before and the game. It must be nice if you're Gary Rowett to make those two changes, and they both score, yeah, and you win yeah. the game two now.
2: Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's that's an absolute dream. For, for the manager, and uh, I think there was lots of tactical thought went into the game, which we'll probably touch on uh, as we go through this. But uh, and, and maybe Vidra and Nugent were part of that tactical thinking behind mm-hmm. it in the fact that they're more mobile and maybe would have given uh, or did give Forrest's uh, backline more problems. Which I think at the moment, looking at Forrest's team, uh, I would suggest you know they're
1: conceding too
2: many goals. Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting that you sort of brought Martin up because obviously we, we ran our uh, the fans' favorite team during the week, and you know the most popular with with Derby County fans was Chris Martin leading the line um, so for route to put Nugent in and Nugent to, to get the goal it's, uh, it's, it's sort of good headaches to have isn't it
2: <laughs> It is, and as Chris says, when, when it works, mm. you know, if, the bottom line in football is you win the game there's, there's no comeback. Mm. You win the game and if you win the game and your selection actually proves to be right, as in this case and both both players you brought in score, I mean there's just no comeback. There's a few moans and a few gripes here and there, but actually you can put you can say, by the way, we won the game two nil and, and and these two lads scored the goals. I'd say I would have gone for Martin. Uh
0: Robert went for, for Nugent and he, and he got it right. I mean we talk about consistency and the the search for consistency and that includes a settled side. But on the flip side of that, you've got competition for places, and and with Derby at the moment, it it, it seems to it can change a lot from week to week. Mm. And now if if in the next game, if Derby lose and don't score a goal, then we'll suddenly be talking about Chris Martin again, assuming he doesn't you know start at the weekend. Mm. Um, so you know on the on on one hand, that that is a, a good a good uh, selection issue to have, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. So we've we've spoken about David Nugent and Mate Vidra. Uh, who else impressed for you on the day? I think I think Johnny Johnny also got Sky
2: Man of the Match, did he not? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure he was my Man of the Match. Uh, I I I saw his performance obviously, and I was impressed. He was full of energy. I would have started him. I said that against Forrest, because mm-hmm. I think he understands the fixture. Uh, he's played well in it before, uh, and and he he did his usual, you know, full commitment. Uh, I still like to see a bit more end product. It was once or twice second half where he just overran a couple of things and didn't quite get his body shape right and his feet in the right place and maybe could have got himself a goal and that's what's missing from him at the moment that's, yes. that's missing from him uh, and if he can add that he's going to be a better player that wasn't Johnny Russell, by the way, <laughs> into the room to have a pop at
0: me. <laughs> it wasn't so. Um, no, I mean he was he was clearly up for it for, from from the first whistle, and um, he never stopped running the whole time. Yeah. And, and and you know he didn't give Forrest a moment's peace, and 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 that's all you can ask for. And actually, I asked Gary Wright afterwards about. I said, you know, the only thing missing was a goal, and and he said, of course you'd love a goal, but he said. If you get that kind of performance, it's almost as good. It's mm. almost as good, a, good as a goal. Yeah. And if you can reproduce that performance, then the goal, the goals will come. Yeah. John, John, Johnny looks
2: a little like Chris Martin, really. In, in such, they look like they need a goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it'd give him a huge, huge lift. If they are. but, but as, as Chris said, Johnny's come in the last two games. You know, he, he was left out of the mm. squad for the Birmingham and Brentford games, uh, and Gary out shown faith in him. By bringing him back for the last two games, and I think he, for an hour, he was he was he was decent at yeah. Cardiff, and he had a very good game against Forest. So he's actually repaid that faith. The challenge for him, and this has been his challenge for a while, and he's not alone because a lot of players in the, in the same boat. The challenge for Johnny now is 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 to show greater consistency. And, and I keep saying this: we, we we throw this word consistency about too easily at times. Mm. You know, or the team should be more consistent. You know This player should be more consistent It's not that easy to to, to do To be that consistent Because you're in a very competitive environment You're in a very competitive league It's fierce And, and you've got opponents Many of whom are, are very similar in standard Trying to stop you playing So to hit consistency is not easy But, but that's what's just missing And as I mentioned before That end product from his game mm-hmm. If he can
1: have a, just a touch more of that Joe Ledley was another one who I thought impressed. He, he almost goes sort of unnoticed in the middle of the park and goes very sort of quietly about his business. But, you know, I, I thought that he was sort of shielded the back four brilliantly and then, you know, he does does what he does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he definitely just what Derby mm-hmm. needed at that time, I think, when they brought him in uh, on a short-term deal. And you're absolutely right. I think he, he perhaps... Uh, he perhaps he's a bit underrated I, I mean I might be I might be wrong he might be very highly rated and he's obviously had a, a very good career mm. but but he does he does the sort of um, he, he, does, do the dramatic, thing. he yeah, does the ugly he does the ugly things if yeah. you like and and it's absolutely crucial mm. for a team to have someone like that because of course you don't know if he's not there you don't know mm-hmm. what might what might happen in terms of teams breaking on you and, and, and that kind of thing and um, we were talking about it earlier about since um since joe ledley came into the team i won't steal your stats steve you, <laughs> no, you can you, you're, you're very welcome to my <laughs> well we were just we were just saying that, that he well he's played three games for derby they've conceded one goal and that was the late equalizer at brentford and as steve pointed out uh that goal was scored actually after ledley had been substituted mm-hmm. so they're yet to concede a goal while he's been on the pitch um and i, I don't think that's any uh that's any coincidence i d- i
2: don't think it is Chris. i think i think you're actually spot on I think he's helped and I think he, he, that uh, growing influence will, will get stronger Derby need that type of player a lot of fans are still going on about yeah but it's no mobility it, was the pace in midfield well actually if you're going to play 4231 i am not against having two players just sitting in midfield as, as that pair mm. you know and if that's Ledley and Huddleston if it's Thorne and Ledley if it's Thorne and Huddleston whatever that's what you want and then I'd let the the other four ahead of that go and do what they want to do, uh, and then your full-backs can join in. Actually, I I felt that's where Forrest missed out a little bit. They played a lot of good football, but I think had David Vaughan been available for them, I'd have played him with Brick Cut and matched up and gone to and just said, you you sit there, just protect our back line. That goal that uh, that, that Bridges scored, for example, is a perfect example of having a shield if possible. Mm-hmm. In, front, in front of the back four, so I've got no problem with that. Ledley's had a, a, a big influence, and I just think his calmness—he goes, I said, I said the thing—he kind of trundles around, doesn't he? Quietly, mm-hmm. and suddenly you think, "Oh, he's there again! Oh, he's yeah. there! Oh, he's popped up here and intercepted the ball, or got a toe to the ball." That's that's not by chance. He gets in those areas because he knows where to be, and I'm just hoping that his presence will continue to help Tom Huddleston. I thought Tom was better second half at Cardiff, for example. Yes, He he was better then. And uh, I think there's more to come from Tom. Mm. But I think, and we keep saying this, and I've banged on about it since Tom signed, he has to have the right people alongside him in a team in
1: order to flourish. Mm. It Certainly makes the whole January transfer window saga interesting with Kifton Bell playing his first game for Birmingham against Cardiff on Friday, then with a new manager he becomes an integral part of that team now to Derby County extend Joe Ledley's contract it's, it's all sort of well, I didn't, make I, good, good yeah. freedom for us yeah. Anyway. oh yeah
2: I mean I didn't uh, I didn't see Birmingham's game against Cardiff Chris you, you saw it didn't you and Kifton Bell started
0: yeah and I, I mean I thought he I thought he did well he he was in in the way that that's what Derby would have wanted to bring him in for, like, similar to similar sort of player to Ledley in, in some ways. Obviously, not not entirely uh, similar, but in terms of just shoring up that midfield. Um, and it was interesting that he started uh, Steve mm-hmm. Cottrell's first game as manager, and obviously, you know, he'd been out of the picture. He didn't come back in when they, when they played Derby under Lee Carsey which we thought was a possibility, but obviously, Cottrell fancies a look at him they won the game, they beat the league leaders, um, and so if he's going to be part of part of the plans, then you never know. And, and Gary Rowe, I think, said the last time we spoke to him about it, he would sort of initially said, well, you know, we're sort of almost duty-bound to go back in for him, and, and we still want to go back in for him, but, but added the sort of disclaimer that, you know, things could be very different mm-hmm. in January. Uh, so I guess we just have to wait, really. But um, there was an interesting moment uh, in the game where... Um, him and uh, uh, Kiefton Bell and Craig Bryson actually <laughs> both got booked for having a little uh, a little tussle, and of course it was um, it was uh, Bryson who was uh, who was uh, sent out on loan to to Cardiff when when Derby thought that Kiefton Bell was was arriving uh, just before the window closed. Yeah, I
2: mean that's, that's uh, that is interesting. It's going to be interesting if Derby go in. I mean George Thorne of course comes into the equation yeah. more yeah. now uh, yeah. as he continues to edge his way back. Uh, where does Gary Harris see George in, in his plans? Uh, will they offer Joe Ledley a longer stay? Which which I think there's no reason why they're not mm. going to do that, as I far as I can
0: see. I think judging on the last three games, I can't see that they wouldn't. I think it it would make a great deal of sense make to, make to say no, sense,
2: no. And then, of course, Tom Huddleston comes into that. Bradley Johnson, what, you know, where does he suddenly come into it? And then if you go back for Kifton Bells you're suddenly in this situation again, which Gary Rowett didn't want of having this bloated yeah. squad again, as for, certainly in, that, in, in the middle of the okay. park. So,
1: and of course, if things don't work out at Sheffield Wednesday and Cardiff respectively, obviously they had Butterfield and Bryson well, back into that. Yeah, well, it's 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 uh,
2: it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I'm wondering whether I know Gary said at the time he you know, almost feel
0: duty bound to go back in for him, but I'm wondering whether. They, they might not do that. No. I, I don't know. Or could they po- could they possibly revisit it in the summer when possibly. things are a bit clearer? Because yeah. I think, I mean, I think the only thing with Bell is he, he's obviously got a few years on yes. Joe Ledley, hasn't yes. he? In terms of yeah. looking forward to the future. Mm. Um, also,
2: by then, by the summer, you'll know a lot more about George Thorn as well.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, I mean, George could, could could come in bit by bit and then suddenly become very strong part of the eleven again. That's going to be another. Talking point somewhere down the line is, is where that, where we see that happening, and, where, and, and how he's going to do that. But uh, yeah, it might be a good shout that they might go back in the summer mm. uh, for Kiffin Bell rather than maybe in January.
1: Well, uh, we'll come on to George Thorne now, as, as you've sort of stole your well, thunder. Absolutely, yeah. Always stealing my thunder. into the <laughs> next next subject. You shouldn't
2: show me your script beforehand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a script. Oh yeah, he needs a script. you need a script. Yeah, yeah. A script. yeah <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Um, I mean, first of all, the the reception that he got was was brilliant, wasn't it? To come back,
2: yeah, uh, fantastic. I mean, listen, the the fans, the fans, they love him, don't they? I mean, Mm. he was very, very important figure in the side when they uh, reached the playoff final that that year. Played some wonderful football. uh, Took his chance. In the Forest game that that season, because John Eustace missed out being suspended, he'd also been very important. So yeah, that that I think got the loudest cheers of, of, of the uh, of the game, along with. Uh Bryson appearing on the on the big screen, the being crowd. picked out in the stand. Don't, yeah. don't tell him that, please. That he got he got the biggest cheer of the game. Well, I know
0: I know you don't like the colour red, Steve, but I thought he, he looked like he went a bit red when uh, when he realised <laughs> when he realised well, he was up there. He he, he looked quite embarrassed by well, it. All, what I they thought. didn't show, of course, on there was that Bucco was sat next to him in his cap.
2: Oh, was he? Yeah, he had his cap on as well. He looked very dapper. Disguised, very dapper indeed. Yeah, well, the Craig, Craig could actually take a few lessons from Bucco. <laughs> He looked very dapper. Mr Sartorial. Well, he could take a few lessons from (laughs) me as well. I'll I'll tell him next time I see (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: because the camera was on uh, Craig Brassman for quite a while, wasn't it? And and everybody obviously picked it up uh, on the screen and was cheering him. It it was almost as though he either didn't notice that he was on the screen or he didn't want to notice that he was on the screen. Oh, I think he did. He's probably recorded (laughs) it as well. (laughs) Um, But back to George Thorne anyway. He he came on um, and he looked okay, didn't he? It's, It's obviously... Difficult, you know, first league action for, since May of last year. He played in the League Cup, but, yeah, league action is, is sort of a
2: different ball it game. It's interesting, because I was thinking this earlier. It was interesting where he actually came
0: on. Because he was because actually he, the most... He advanced, was almost like a number 10. He was the most advanced in the yeah. midfields. Because he he came on for Vidra, who yeah. also got a good reception, yeah. by the way, when he yeah. went off. Um, and, of course, Vidra is very much a number 10. Yeah, And I thought it was an interesting move from Gary Rapp, because... They were 2-0 up, they, they looked pretty much in control by that point, 20 minutes to go, but 20 minutes is still mm-hmm. long enough for a team to get back into the game. I, I always felt if Forrest had nicked one, you know, the alarm bells might have started ringing a little bit. He obviously didn't want that to happen. Vidra had, had, had run his race, he'd done his afternoon's work, scored a goal, set one up. So he came off, on came George Thorne, and then you suddenly had George Thorne, mm-hmm. Huddleston and Joe Ledley in the midfield, and... And it, it enabled George to play slightly further forward, which he's shown it's shown he's capable of, of, mm. of that sort of thing and, and also I think it it was a good way to almost ease him in a little bit because he didn't have quite the, the defensive duties maybe. Mm. So Yeah, that's
2: like it. It's, it's gonna be fascinating moving forward mm. to see where this I mean what we're gonna remember of course is you don't have to fit all the players in the team. You know, this is where the bench is, is, is very important you got the key, of course, is having options, and uh, so I mean, everyone's kind of saying, "Oh, where will George Thorpe fit?" Him? Well, maybe one week it might be George in, next week he might be on the bench. Mm. You know, maybe Joe Ledley, maybe not. So I think it's not just about getting all three of them in the same team. It might be you know that, that one of them will be on the bench, but that gives you the option to do what he did uh, mm. on against Forest and actually in the final
0: twenty minutes. Really, it kind of. Shored up the game oh, I, I, think. I, I think that's a decent option for them when they're protecting a lead and and certainly away from you know away from home possibly i' I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I would necessarily start those three because no. it does look a little bit yeah. defensive yeah but but for certain stages of, of certain games you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's on
2: the obvious know, options You've got to have options Absolutely. you know, you're either going to be chasing the game or, or defending the game uh, defending the lead so you need different options in order to do that
0: I think, I think George's issue and he said this himself when, when we spoke to him after the Barnsley game um, is it's a bit of a conundrum that he's building up his match fitness and the only way he can do that is by playing matches mm. and the you know with all due respect playing for the under 23s is not it's not the same at all so at the moment he's having to kind of be on the bench and get a little bits where 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 he can um, but somewhere somewhere along the line he's going to need 90 minutes he's going to need a few mm-hmm. a run of 90 minutes isn't he uh, but but you don't know it, it could just come with an injury or a suspension right. and suddenly right. he gets his chance mm-hmm. and, and Gary Rout says now that he's really in a position where he can start challenging uh, for, for a first team starting spot yeah I mean it,
1: it still is very much a case of taking it slower and you know we've seen him out there but we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and think right Let him play ninety minutes for the rest of the season, sort of thing. Yeah,
2: a lot lot of fans have already asked me about, you know, is is he ready now to start? You know, should we now put him in? And uh, I replied to them saying that, you know, let's let's just calm it a minute and not get too far ahead because it's always right at the end that you can do that, and and there's no real need to do it still Mm -hmm. because you know they've won the game, so you know Huddleston and Ledley are fit, George is edging his way back, so there's no need to do anything drastic. Just kind of just keep the plan, keep stick with the plan. Mm. The only time it doesn't work is when a team is chasing results or chasing, you know, positions in the table, and the end times they gamble a little bit. And it's happened with George in the past. They've tried to bring him back too soon because they've needed. Yeah, them, yeah. And I think it happened with Chris Martin once as well, mm. too soon, and and it backfires. And, and and it takes you know you've got to hold your nerves sometimes and, and and keep with the plan you think is right for an individual player returning from injury.
1: Mm. We mentioned earlier that it was a a first win in six. I mean, it it felt like a a really big win for Gary Rao, didn't it? Because had he lost or maybe even drawn that game, you sense that the pressure really sort of would have been on.
2: Yeah, I I forgot to ask him afterwards or mention his goal celebration for the second goal, actually. Uh, He kind of leapt up in the air, punched the air. I didn't see him do that when he he scored goals as a player, or he didn't score that many. Uh, but he, he'll pull a hamstring at his age doing something like that. Uh, but no, you could see in that celebration there was there was relief, mm-hmm. you know, two goal cushion, uh, and it did feel like a big win. I think they needed a win. Uh, that's not to say you know if they hadn't won, this might have happened. No, it's not about that. It's about needing a win at the right moment. And I also think this going into the the, the four fixtures this month, a win is perfect mm-hmm. because. Sheffield Wednesday next, then back-to-back away games at Norwich and Leeds, which are never easy. You wouldn't have wanted to go into those three games with another what you could call disappointing result, whether that be a draw
0: at home or or a defeat. So I think that's why it was important. Mm. Yeah, I mean I've not got too much to add to that really. Gary Ratt sort of played down the kind of pressure side of it, as as you would do before the game. Uh, And he, he also was keen to highlight the fact that they're a game behind they've been playing catch up mm. they've not had many home games all of which is true but it doesn't take away from the fact that had they lost uh, had they lost against forest it there would be a very different feel around the place and it's amazing what a win can do and you can talk about the performance maybe it wasn't their greatest performance but just getting those 3 points now they're going to the home game against Sheffield Wednesday Full of confidence, Sheffield Wednesday lost at Bolton. There's been mm. questions asked mm. asked there, um, and so all of a sudden it seems that Rams are in are sort of in the ascendancy. Whereas it, it wouldn't necessarily have
1: been that way if, if results had been slightly different. On um, on Friday's podcast, we obviously Chris and myself we looked back at you know East Midlands derby in the past, good memories, bad memories, bizarre memories. Um, as an East Midlands derby, then yesterday how. How did you both sort of rate it? Well, I was
0: slightly uh, amazed that there was only one booking mm-hmm. in the whole game, and none for it, the most blatant for, and, the um, you've ever seen. One. Yeah, yeah. So that was, um, and that, that went to to Forest. So, so actually, Derby came out of the game with no bookings, which is probably a big surprise. But I'm <laughs> not saying I wanted loads of bookings. But um, I mean that you know there was a, there was a great atmosphere. Um, at the ground as as there always is for these fixtures it wasn't a sellout possibly partly to do with the fact it was on Sky it was on a Sunday lunchtime but it was over 30,000 it was 31,000 3,000 Forest fans great atmosphere inside the ground Um, great rivalry there was a good sort of it was a good competitive match it didn't spill over Mm. at any point which I thought was good I mean, we talked about the Vidra goal. The, the, you know, the, the lack of closing down. I think I, I think that's scandalous. You know, from Forrest's point of view, uh, in a fixture like this. But um, all in all, I, I thought it was it was an enjoyable occasion. Yeah, mm, it didn't. It didn't. It was it was competitive. It didn't quite
2: have that snap yeah, that I usually agree. is there on the pitch. And I think that's to do with both teams. If you look at the makeup of both teams, Forest are a, a possession-based mm-hmm. team now. Uh, they have uh, uh, some good footballers and they like to play the ball about. So that immediately takes away the impact of challenges because there's no aerial stuff and all that type. And, and Derby themselves, you know, they like to get You know, Tom and Joe Ledley, they like to, to, to smooth it around a bit. And then you've got Tom Lawrence and Johnny Russell and Vidra, cleverness, and mm. Nugent isn't your. Centre forwards who's going to battle away with the centre half. He's more of your cute movement and looking to get diagonal runs in behind players and all that type of thing. So I think that that lack of snap and bite and all that was to do with the, the with the style of the play and it was particularly of Forrest who came as visitors and actually mm. uh, had most of the, of the possession. So whereas before we've had real battles, where as I said, you know, for twenty minutes, you know, they just battled, battled, battled and th- fouls and yellow cards, some red cards sometimes. Uh, and then they throw a ball on, and, and we kind of get on with the, with the game of football. But it was never like that; it never had that feel to it. Maybe the early goal changed that. You yeah. see, yeah. maybe because he didn't have that twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes, thirty minutes of you know cutting through us and, and make sure of clearances and headers and all that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. Suddenly they had to come out and, 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 and respond for us to go in the
0: goal down. Which which I thought they actually did very well. I was going to say we haven't really we not really touched on that, but but they did because um, I mean you know you think great an early goal. Uh, from Derby's point of view, but Forrest really came back, uh, mm. responded well to that, and could easily have, um, have equalised before half time. And yeah. we talked yeah. about important players. I don't think we mentioned Scott Carson, no. actually. Yeah, he made a couple of important saves uh, on his 100th appearance for the club. Yeah. And he didn't have a massive amount to do, but as he often does, you know, what he did have to do, he did very well and didn't, didn't
2: no, I've, I'm impressed with, with Scott. Yeah. yeah clear play of the year last season I think apart from the, the silly kick out at, uh, at Sheffield United which is a very rare mistake for him yeah. I thought again as Chris said he didn't have massive amounts to mm-hmm. do but that safe from McKay first half through 10 minutes for half time they were the better side at that moment yeah. a goal then not only would have given them a lift but could have changed the whole result of the game yeah. I, you know and uh, he made a save, it wasn't it particularly spectacular, but it was still an excellent save, and, and yeah. his value to the side mustn't be underestimated, and uh, while we're on the uh, stats theme, that was his uh, 37th clean sheet in 100 games for derby I think it's been a great sign.
1: Yeah, and I was, I was going to say a, a quick mention as well for, for Richard Keir and Curtis Davis, because... Yeah. You know, keeping Daryl Murphy quiet you know, for a for game. I know he had a couple of chances. One header went just wide, um, and another effort, which I think deflected into Carsten's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, you know, he's been on fire this season. So to keep him quiet is no mean feat.
2: Yeah, he uh, he probably should have scored from Cummings cross first half. Missed the header. Yeah. yeah, not sure
1: why why centre forwards.
2: Are, oh, I don't understand why the diving header has faded from our game. You know, it, it kind of so know, a boot in the face. I don't know what it is. Andy, Andy Gray would have launched himself at that, and he, and he would have scored mm. because. But for some reason, the, the, the great diving header seems to have gone out of our game now, and I don't, I don't know why. It's you know, a nostalgic. Uh, that, yeah. I am, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gary so, Mabbitt. Gary Mabbitt. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was that type of crossfield <laughs> really, because all they all they had to do was get something on that, and I think it yeah. would have been a goal. Uh, but no, I think in touch on Curtis Davis and Richard Keogh. I, I've talked a lot about Richard Keogh before. Uh, without going over all ground uh, he will make a mistake that's because he puts himself on the line all the time uh, but I think his good games heavily, heavily outweigh his bad games mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's been good for most of the season and I think Curtis Davis I just do, when we do marks out of ten sometimes you get to Curtis Davis and you think right well, what has he done but actually he's done his job yeah. and he's done it cause he gets he well, goes about it quite quietly actually but very effectively and I think he's he's, he's he we talked about consistency he's just in a little consistent form at the mm. moment which he, but you know he, he is a 7 out of 10 every game at the moment and, and, some, and sometimes better
0: and I'm saying he, he's hes starting to look like a very shrewd acquisition yeah. isn't he yeah. Gary Routes first sign in is yeah. it £500,000 500, and um, Reported, he, looks a snip, from, doesn't doesn't he, he looks a snip at the moment. Uh, very experienced, and um, he, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's helped Richard. Well. as well, Richard mm-hmm.
2: Keel. Yes. Yeah. I was a little worried for Richard the first half. He looked, he looked a bit flustered once or twice. One or two huffed or, or scurried kind mm-hmm. of clearances, mm-hmm. which which didn't work. But you know, you can't not, I, I, You know, I, I've said before. I'm just, I don't need to defend Richard Keel. Mm-hmm. It's not about defending him. It's just about, I think, understanding what what, what he does. And I say he has far more better games than he, than he doesn't but I think Curtis Davis
1: has, has helped him mm. We've asked this before probably numerous times this season and, and probably mentioned it on the podcast but can this win now push Derby County on this season? We've been here before That's a no, challenge We've, isn't we've it? been yeah. here
2: before that's a challenge we have yeah. been here before we thought after the Bolton performance sort thought go on then mm-hmm. and they let themselves down badly and then after Hall they let themselves down badly they can't keep doing that If they want to make strides at the table, they can't keep doing that. And uh, they've got Sheffield Wednesday at home now, and and the challenge is clear. The challenge is clear. Go and and beat Sheffield Wednesday at home. Mm -hmm. Can you go and beat Sheffield Wednesday at home? And if Gary Rout sticks with the same 11, and, and I've said before, if you have genuine competition for places, and the 11 you've sent out do the job you want them to do, then there's no reason why you shouldn't stick with them. But in return, they have to repay that faith, and that's what's not happened this season when he stuck with the same team. I think he did at Bristol City, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, Sheffield United. And they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And and it's time now that they did it. You know, we can't keep saying, I heard Johnny Russell after the game, and I understand what he's saying, saying, you know, on our day, we we can do this and that. Yeah, but there's got to be more of those days. Mm -hmm. And that's down to the players, because the manager says, put your faith in the players, says, go on then, go and do it again for me, like he did last time. Now they've got the opportunity to do it against Sheffield Wednesday.
0: I think yeah. I think back-to-back home games might help them mm, because of yeah. previously the stronger um, home. To be fair, pe- previously they've yeah. had to go away. You mentioned the two away games coming up. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a real test, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, not Absolutely. that Sheffield Wednesday won't be, um, but again, we we keep coming back to consistency and why it's so difficult to find the consistency because of the competitive nature of the mm-hmm. division, and um, and you know, if you've been realistic are they going to win all of those games coming up this month if they did it would well, be absolutely well, magnificent Well, if, if, they, if they did then they're right in the frame that's what I'm saying So they're suddenly right in the frame so I mean what, what, is, what, what is a good return what is a realistic return you'd probably say a home win and then a Couple of points well, away. Well, this I day, don't
2: know. See, should they follow up the Forest win by beating Sheffield Wednesday, it immediately takes the pressure off going to Carrow Road. Yeah. yeah. If they yeah. if they lose to Sheffield Wednesday at home, or even draw, and we talk about the catch up thing, that comes into play mm. straight away. So suddenly Norwich looks a different game. If you go into Norwich with six points, two home wins, you go and take yeah. a draw. Well,
1: Norwich are very Jekyll and Hyde. Norwich yeah, they are, on, aren't they? So yeah, I mean, they are. oh, we could. Well, we, were, we good, went there yeah. last season, well, and, on and, and a good day, uh,
0: Derby yeah, did last season. Yeah. Didn't the
2: first twenty minutes, they were nervous, so because they, the they were struggling their the backs, time, they? they were struggling. They were struggling mm-hmm. at the time, crowd was onto them, and then suddenly they got a goal, and, and it took off. So I think Derby can put themselves in a really good place ahead of two very difficult
1: away games. Mm. And it, it does sort of seem a good time to play Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they've got one win in their last five in the league, and they lost. Against Bolton, they were the first team to obviously lose to Bolton uh, in the league this season. And I think they lost them in the cup as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it, it does seem a good time if if there ever is a good time to play a
2: side to, to play. Yeah, they're, they're strange. I feel a little bit for the match Sheffield Wednesday because you know they've been in successive playoffs. Yep. It's hard, you know, to go again third time. It is really different. I think people they, they they've you know they, you look at them. they have got some good players. It's just that mentality of having to go again, you know, after two disappointments. And I saw them against Sheffield United. Uh, they looked to have uh, they looked to have got back themselves back in the game and shot themselves in the foot by by failing to defend properly. And mm-hmm. Sheffield United won the game. Uh, bad result against uh, against Bolton. No disrespect to Bolton, but you know you only got to look at the, the position in the table, and uh, you know so Sheffield they won't be happy about that. Uh, Dale. Naturally, want to respond. That's the nature of football. We're always looking to bounce back. But I say, this weekend, Saturday for me is all about Derby. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be watching closely how they handle the game, and and can as I say they they they
0: continue the momentum they've got from beating fights. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Derby will be wary of Sheffield Wednesday, despite the results of Bolton. You're right. It is a it is a. Bad result, but reading reading the reports, it sounded like you know, Sheffield Wednesday could have easily they could have easily mm. scored five or six. Mm. Uh, now obviously it doesn't always uh, it doesn't always go for you, but they've got you know Gary Hooper's been on fire this season. Mm. Jordan Rose got injured, so it, it doesn't look like he'll certainly be facing Derby. So that's. that's
2: Is Fabio still out? Is he because he was. He has been missing, hasn't he? Out or
0: out of favor, or yeah. I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, uh, to say they've got some good. Well, good I mean, that shows the strength
1: in depth, Yeah, they've it?
2: got some good players. They've yeah. got some good players, and you know, they're always going to be a test. I mean, I can't remember it was last year or not when they lost here two nil. Well, it, what, I, th- I think was that, it was not when he handled it on it was the line shortly
0: after yeah. McLaren came back. Yeah, and I think Sheffield Wednesday were very unlucky. Oh, very very, very that unlucky to Yeah,
2: very unlucky. I mean, Derby should have been a goal down and down to ten men very early on because Rich handled the ball on mm. on the goal line, and, and but that's Sheffield Wednesday, you know, they're capable of, of coming here and winning, and I say, that's why really all this for us on Saturday is is, is about how Derby handle handle the game. And as I said if they can win again, they'll put themselves in a really good position yeah. uh, ahead of Norwich
1: and another chance to continue their their strong home form that they've got under Gary Rowett. I mean. Does it sort of surprise you how a team can be so strong at home and so completely different away from home? Uh, We
2: just mentioned about consistency and how difficult it is in this division. Mm. It's it's tough. It really, really is tough. And someone said to me after the game against Froschno, they were played like the away side at home. You know, I'll be honest with you. If that gets you the win, I, 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 it doesn't bother me too much. If that's what suits them, you know. If that's what suits Derby at the moment, because it is a it is a team in transition. If that style suits Derby at the moment, where you know what, you can have a bit more possession than us. Even though we're at home, you can. Doesn't matter. We mentioned Cardiff, didn't we? I think it's something like only one game, this league game this season, they've had most possession, yeah. and they've been top of the league. Mm-hmm. So, actually, does it matter? Does it matter? I'm sure Forrest would have liked to have less possession and actually got so, something out yeah. of the game. So, that doesn't concern me too much. I think what they have to find, again, we come back to consistency, is this knack of being able to go wherever, whether it's at home or away, and pick something up. Now, not that doesn't necessarily mean win, because the key now for me is they're unbeaten in four, stretch that unbeaten run. run. Mm-hmm. If that means getting a draw, fine. But keep stretching it because that's the way you climb the table. But what they were doing earlier this season is they were winning, then they were losing, then they were winning, then
1: they were losing, and you actually end up going nowhere. And uh, no, Jacob Butterfield obviously in, in terms of the, his loan deal between Sheffield Wednesday, so he won't be playing no? That's right. Yeah. I just wanted to get confirmation on that. So you were looking? Oh, no, no, it's right. Yeah. Clarity, I just wondering right. whether
2: Jacob will be going to the game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> actually, do you think he will? I'm no, surprised. I have no idea.
2: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Did he start against Bolton? Not quite sure whether he did. I didn't see the team. I didn't see the team. Um, have to pass on that. No, one. no. So, no. I mean, I think, as I say, that he was in, in the side recently. He wasn't in the side at the start when he went to Sheffield Wednesday. But again, as I said that they've got some good players. Mm. You know, they're, they're a good side. That they're, they're actually a better side than, than they're showing, I think, at the moment, Sheffield Wednesday. But again, as we say. As Derby found this season, it's it's a tough league. Mm. I think it's tougher this season because I think the teams are closer together mm. this season. I don't, you know, they really are. You, there's fifteen, sixteen more teams where there isn't a lot between them mm. at all, and we saw that with Forest and Derby. You know, really, there wasn't
0: there wasn't a great deal between the teams. Mm. And just uh, you mentioned Butterfield We should probably add also that um, Sam Winnell won't be able to play. Yeah, of course, uh, for yeah, Derby sure. this weekend. So,
1: yeah. Lovely stuff. Anything else that you
0: wanted to add after that? No, not really.
2: Say, so. I think I think the important thing was winning the game against Forest because I think that, mm. that's that's put people in a better place than they were. Uh, I think the home form is is, is vitally important. Say, so if they can get that win this weekend against against Sheffield Wednesday, that's what they need going into into two tough away games. Uh, they don't want to put pressure on themselves by letting themselves down again. After a good result, and and that's what they've been doing this season. They've been putting pressure back on themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you look here, Hull City five 0 at home, and they get beat four one away at Bristol City. The gap between those two performances is, is too great. You can't be so good and so poor. You've got to be closer than that. Uh, and so this weekend, they've got a chance to show us that they're capable of doing that.
1: Lovely stuff, Chris. Steve, good to have you back. Always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, thanks Cheers. to everybody for uh, for listening. Yeah, no, it wasn't good to have you back. I enjoyed last <laughs> <week>. <laughs> Uh Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, in the meantime, obviously, you can keep up to date with all of our Rams news and views online at www.darbytelegraph.co.uk. You can follow everything on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, we're also on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. Uh, the podcast is on both Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.